Interesting. Best I can give you. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. We're going to talk a lot of NFL tonight. A lot of NFL tonight. Packers didn't play yesterday, but a lot of good games, including some teams that are very near and dear to us. Division rivals, conference rivals, uh, geographical rivals like the Vikings. So I want to talk a lot of NFL tonight. We're going to talk a little NBA, too, because the Bucks had an interesting weekend. But, I mean, the World Cup's going on. It's the biggest event in the world, at least so I'm told. I, I believe it is not the biggest event here. But it is in the world. I know a lot of people were watching Team USA earlier today. I, I was. I was certainly dialed in, locked in. They are playing Wales at 1 o'clock. So I, I thought I'd share my, my thoughts on the 1-1 draw that the, the the lads had. I don't think that's a... I don't know if that's a soccer term. It's on soccer. I was watching 1 o'clock, and I, I just can't help but think that that game was really a microcosm of the Greg Berhalter era. I mean, USA started strong but really unable to convert their momentum into goal-scoring opportunities and allow the opposition back into the game. I mean, you're just asking for trouble. And then, of course, Berhalter takes too long to react and shoots themselves in the foot with subs. The substitutions in the second half of this game is not good. No adjustments. And look, you can blame the ref all you want, but at the end of the day, the USA played way too much fear in the second half. They never came close to testing uh, Wayne Hennessy after the opener. Game was there for the taking, and Wales took it back. And I mean, he, you can't complain. If you're thinking, wow, Grant, you're speaking really articulately, you're speaking really clearly about soccer. I'm impressed. I'm reading this directly from a soccer guy's Twitter account. I don't know anything about soccer. (laughs) Frustrating, though. That's the game they should have won. Wales scored a goal on a penalty kick in the box. It shouldn't have been a foul. There's no reason to foul that guy. He had his back to the goal. I'm no soccer expert, but even I can see that. I can tell you that. I do find it funny that most of the tweets and most of the commentary I'm seeing about United States soccer is that Greg Berhalter can't make adjustments, which, again, I'm no soccer expert, but I watch a lot of other sports, and that just seems to be the thing that you say. Well, the coach didn't make adjustments. I don't know if that's true, but a lot of smart soccer people are saying it. So now they play England on Friday, some other European team, something like that, and maybe we'll talk about it. Maybe, maybe. I probably wouldn't even mention United States soccer today if the Packers played yesterday, but here we are. I'm not going to dump on the World Cup. I enjoyed watching it earlier today. I'm probably just not going to think about it very much the rest of the week. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I should have gone to a bar this afternoon to watch the game. That would have been fun, but then I, you know, wouldn't be in any state to host the show and talk about the NFL tonight, which we're going to do a lot of. I want to talk about some of the games yesterday. An outstanding day of football. Not a lot of great games or great performances, but an outstanding day of football and explain what I mean here in a minute or two. I want to talk about what the Vikings did, the Bears did, and, 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 I've been dying to do this since Friday. Really excited to react to Buck Sixers, which was played on Friday night, and really excited to give my two cents on what happened after the game, which is Giannis shoved a ladder over. Man, what a devil. What a horrible human. I will react to that incident. We're going to do that probably in the second half of the show. So if you're listening to this in the podcast, or you're only able to listen to the first half of the show, you know, if you want to hear the Bucks talk, the honest stuff, the latter incident, that'll be in the second half of the podcast. You can find it just look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts. 608-796-2558 if you want to text and call the show. Love to have you. And if you have some soccer commentary, I'm not anti-soccer. I just, 
I don't have much to add other than fun game. Seems like the United States probably should have won that. Instead, we end up with a draw. That's all I have. But if you're a soccer expert and you want to share with us, absolutely. I'll take it. 608-796-2558. And you can tweet me as well at Wisco Grant. I do, however, want to start with the NFL. If you listen to the show regularly, even once or twice a week, you know, semi-regularly, you know that I've complained a lot about the NFL so far this season. Complained a ton. None of these games are good. None of these teams are good. None of these quarterbacks are good. Everything sucks. Every game is like 10 to 6. Thursday night football blows and Monday night football stinks, but I got to watch for Joe and Troy. Maybe check out the Manning cast, right? Complained a lot throughout this season. Last week, celebrated. We celebrated on Monday. It felt like for the first time all season, I was dancing. I was jumping around in the street. Finally, a good week of games. And two of our teams headlined that great Sunday of games. Minnesota Buffalo at noon. Outstanding. And I tip my cap to the Vikings for hanging in there, coming back and stealing that game in Buffalo. Outstanding game. One of the most entertaining games I've watched in years. And then Green Bay and Dallas. A, a matchup between two historical heavyweights. Longstanding rivals. Lambeau Field under the lights. A little cold, little snow. Great jersey combination. Mike McCarthy's return goes to overtime. The Packers win. Aaron Rodgers was great. Awesome awesome Sunday of football last week. Now, yesterday, I'm not going to say the games were great. Not as good as last week, at least. The closest game was probably Las Vegas-Denver. And what, six people watched that game? Like, that's on the fourth or fifth CVS channel. No, no one cares about Russell Wilson anymore. No one. Las Vegas-Denver was probably the closest game, but no one watched. However, I really enjoyed yesterday's games because there was a theme. From beginning to end, from noon until 10 o'clock last night, the slate of games made sense. One game seemed to build on the next, and I like that. The noon games very quickly realized, okay, today's going to be a slog, right? Teams are going to have to work for it. Even heavy favorites against bad teams, even at home, going to have to work for it. It's going to be a slog. You're going to have to... You're going to have to bend down the hatches and try, even against bad teams. For example, the Bills struggling for four quarters to put away the Browns in Detroit. Or the Eagles struggling in Indy, winning just by one, needing to come from behind and punch it in from the one-yard line. Jalen Hurts steal that game at the end. The 7-3 and three Ravens needed 10 fourth-quarter points to beat the god-awful Panthers, who are now 13-3. and three. The, the Ravens are 13-3. and three. Or, excuse me, not 13-3. They won the game 13-3. They struggled against a really bad Panthers team. They struggled to come off a bye. Jets-Patriots. That game was a struggle. It was a struggle for each spectating fan to not kill themselves. Okay. I take that back. (laughs) My point. Every game was a struggle. Even the games that shouldn't have been. The Bills should have been able to dispatch the Browns. And the Eagles certainly should have been able to make do with Indy. And yet these teams were struggling down to the wire. Because that was the theme of yesterday. The best game was probably Falcons-Bears. And by the way, not to be this guy, but Bears fans that have kept calling me the last three weeks, oh, how about that under on the win total prediction at the beginning of the year now? Yeah, okay, Justin Fields looked great, but you're 3-8. and eight. So, like, yeah, I was wrong about the Bears. I think a lot of people were wrong about Justin Fields, but from a win-loss perspective, from an over-under perspective, the under is very comfortable right now, especially now because Justin Fields is a little bit dinged up, but that's not what we're talking about. I'm also, not what we're talking about, but got to mention, so glad that the New York Giants lost because that team isn't good, and I'm sick of pretending that they are. Oh, Brian Dable, great coach, but yeah, the team sucks. Okay, so uh, uh, leaving the Bears aside, leaving the Giants aside, the day of football starts yesterday, 
noon games. Struggle. Struggle. Very college football-esque, actually. It felt like a day of college football where even top four teams against bad opponents needing to work for it. And I saw Colin Cowherd's tweet. This was on Saturday. I thought this sums it up well. He's saying this about college football, but I thought this concept easily applicable to yesterday's NFL games as well. TCU, Michigan struggled just to win. Georgia won ugly. OSU sweating until the end versus the Terps. The top of college football is wonderfully flawed. Way it should be. Great drama ahead. That's what Cowherd tweeted. I think you could say the same thing about the NFL yesterday. The Bills, the Eagles, all of these teams, even the Ravens, who are a very, very sound team, well-coached, buttoned up. They barely beat the Panthers, who stink. Okay, so it's a struggle. That was the theme of the noon game, and I swear, I'm not lying to you, at 3 o'clock, I thought, hmm, well, if the noon games are any indicator, Cowboys win this afternoon, right? Bills coming back down to earth a little bit. Eagles coming back down to earth. Panthers taking a shot at the Ravens. Jets, Patriots, it was just a disgusting game. Ugly football, slog football, struggle football was the theme early. I thought, well, if this theme holds up throughout the rest of the day, and sports seem to work that way, right? Trends just happen. I can't explain how, but it happened in college football on Saturday. It was happening yesterday. I said, well, if the noon games are any indicator, the Cowboys win this afternoon, right? All these teams coming back down to earth. This would be the time the Vikings come back down to earth, correct? Well, let's talk about the Vikings. <laughs> uh, the Vikings. What's the final score? 40 to 3? You pull it up. I, I, I would have written the score down yesterday, but CBS changed the channel, so I, I didn't get to see the end. Final score was 40 to 3. That is the second worst home loss in team history. The actual worst is 42 points. That came against the Cardinals on October 6th, 1963. So, if we're keeping track, and I absolutely am, that was the worst home loss since the assassination of John F. Kennedy. The worst loss since the inception of Beatlemania. Uh, the worst home loss. That you, you get it. You get it. I'm going to repeat this again. CBS cut away from this game. That never happens. CB, CBS cut away from the Cowboys. The Cowboys, which are maybe the number one product on TV. Cowboys Packers last week. Cow, but the Packers stink. And it was the number one rated game of the year. The Dallas Cowboys. The CBS headquarters. The high up said, cut it. Go somewhere else. They don't get the Cowboys but once, twice, maybe three times a year. And CBS is like, no, we got we to gotta switch this to Kenny Pickett versus the Bengals. That's how bad it was yesterday. And I guess this shouldn't be shocking because, as I said, that seemed to be the theme of the day during the noon games. But also, I mean, just think about it. Dallas was pissed all week after letting that game go in Green Bay, being up 14 points in the fourth quarter. Their franchise was 195-0 and when leading by 14 points or more in the fourth quarter, and they blew it last week. They were upset. So the Cowboys spend all of last week upset and angry. They're, they're stewing, right? And Minnesota's coming off an emotional win versus Buffalo. There was probably going to be some sort of emotional letdown. The recipe for this was there. Now, I don't know if it was a recipe for 43 but it did make sense that the Cowboys were maybe going to win yesterday afternoon. Vegas favored the Cowboys, too. Saw a lot of Vikings fans pissed about that last week. Well, turns out Vegas knows a thing or two. Now, Minnesota hasn't been respected by Sharps in the markets 
all year long. Teams have faded them. They've bet opposing teams against the spread. They now have a negative point differential, right? Minnesota's been winning a lot of close games. Some, some, some are throwing the F word around. Fraud. Some. I, not me. I'm not. But some are throwing the F word around. Some are calling the 8-2 and two Minnesota Vikings frauds. Now, question. Do I believe the Vikings to be frauds? I, that's neither here nor there. Vikings fans, I'm afraid it doesn't matter what I think about your team, whether they're frauds or not. That That's neither here nor there at this point. Once the fraud allegations are levied, truth, logic, reason, common sense, out the window. Out the window. You can't have a reasonable conversation once somebody accuses your team of fraudulence, right? Once a team is accused, there's nothing you can do. I'm sorry. I don't make the, I don't make the rules. All right, I'm just explaining this, okay? I'm going to outline this for you. It's like a witch trial. Once someone is accused of being a witch, judgment has already been passed down. Oh, I'm not a witch. Yeah, that's what a witch would say, okay? Once the allegation has been made, the die has been cast. I'm sorry. It's very similar to another example, the Red Scare in the 50s. Once McCarthy came for you, you were cooked. It wasn't about, let's let's investigate. Let's look deeper. No, no, no. In the 50s, you just accused people of being communist. It was all the rage. It was a blast. Why do you think everyone was doing it? I'm sorry, Vikings fans. Your team is the Vikings, and your quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Once the F word gets thrown out, there's no putting it back in the bottle. Okay? We're all Senator McCarthy, and we're on the hunt, and your team is such an easy target. <laughs> I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. Of course we're going to throw that. I, I should say we. Of course the F word will be thrown around. Have you seen the Crucible? You know anything about the Salem Witch Trials? John Proctor tried to tell everyone. Nobody wanted to listen because nobody cared. Once the accusation has been made, it's done. Once someone calls your team frauds, it's done. And I don't know if that's fair to you or to your team, Vikings fans, but it's true. You got to wear yesterday. You got to wear it, right? The more you try to argue and fight back and kick and scream, it just makes you appear more fraudulent. And then the allegations come heftier and heavier and weightier. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not even calling your team frauds. I'm just explaining your new reality to you. I'm sorry. Now, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I would be lying if I said I'm not enjoying it a little bit because my team is hot garbage, and I don't like your team. I don't like the Vikings. I have no quarrel against Vikings fans. It's not personal. It's, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a tribal thing. I'm against your team on principle, no matter who plays for it or what the standings are. Once your team is, is accused of fraudulence, that's it. The entire season, the rest of the season will now be viewed through the lens of a 40-3 to loss versus the Cowboys. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm just saying that's the reality. I'm sorry. Actually, you know what? I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. I'll just be honest with you. I don't want to be disingenuous. I'm not sorry. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have a good time. 40-3. to CVS gets the Cowboys two, three times a year. And they're like, cut it. We got to get this off the team. It's like when the Bucks were up by the... Up by 40 against the Heat a couple of years ago. Remember that? And TNT's like, no, we got to, we got to, are the, are the Kings? Is the Kings game close? Put the Kings game on. We can get the bucks off. Any, any other game other than this. We can feel the eyeballs leaving the screen. By the way, Paul Allen going to be on the McAfee show this week. I listened to Paul Allen yesterday. I was driving for a lot of this game. I enjoyed it. What a great broadcast. Witty, 
dry humor through and through from the KFAN crew. I had a great time. <laughs> Frauds. Again, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I wouldn't throw the F word around because there, there's a heft that comes with that. There's a stain. And once it's it's been stuck to you, it doesn't come off. But much more reckless football minds, right, much more reckless than I have levied this claim, and I'm just reacting to it. I'd say I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm not. 608-796-2558. You can call and text the show. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. We will come back in three minutes. We'll continue this discussion next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you had an excellent weekend, and I hope you hunters had a successful opening weekend. I did talk to my dad who hunts with an uncle and a cousin or two. Man, possibly the most successful opening weekend ever. They're seeing more deer than ever. So I hope that was your experience as well. I was in Milwaukee this weekend and coming back on 94, especially like leaving Brookfield and Pewaukee, it's like every car in the other lane of 94, just like a blaze orange hat or the gloves just plopped on the, uh, plopped on the dashboard. I love that we do it. Why do we do that? Ever, all hunters do it. It's like a badge that you can wear. Like, if you leave the woods for an hour to go to the gas station or go to a Mac Shack, you, you always put the Blaze Orange, some article of Blaze Orange. If you're not wearing it, you put it on the dashboard. So everyone else that goes by, it's like, oh, there's one of us, one of us out in the woods. So I hope you had a good opening weekend. If you are out hunting, I had at least an entertaining weekend. The Packers didn't play, which made my life better. The Bucks played on Friday night, probably their worst loss of the season. But, I mean, one of these losses has to be the worst loss of their season. They've only played, what? A dozen games. I want to talk about the Bucks and the ladder incident that happened after the game. We're going to talk about that at like 5.30, 5.15, somewhere. But we're talking about the NFL right now. If you have a World Cup comment, you can throw that in as well. Sorry, Vikings fans. I don't make the rules. Individuals, not me, individuals have levied accusations of fraud against your team. There's no putting that bullet back in the gun. That is your seat. The rest of the season now is dealing with fraud. People are going to be looking close. Is an audit every week on your team. And it's exhausting because my team, the Packers in 2019, lived that reality. It's tiring. It makes even winning less fun. It, it sucks. But guess what? You lose a 30, 37 points at home to the Cowboys. It's, it happens. Sorry. Sorry. I take no joke. Well, that's a lie. I do take a little joy in it because I don't like the Vikings. But come on. You should feel the same way about my team. Hector's in on Alaska. 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? Fraudulent doesn't cut it, I don't think. I think you can call the Giants fraudulent after this weekend, but that was something else in Minnesota. I love every single segment. Happy, happy for Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys. I'm happy as a football fan, not because I like the Cowboys, but because I want there to be more elite teams. And the Cowboys have all these elite players, but the Cowboys almost never put it together, and it seems like yesterday they're putting it together. Yeah. Every, every, every dog has its day, as they say. But speaking of, uh, of uh, hunting as a FedEx driver, mm-hmm. um, I, of course, make periodic stops on the side of the road for relief. And I had one hunter that thought was he was hilarious today and shouted at me, and I didn't see him up in the tree. Oh, no. And so now I'm on a, I'm on a very 
hatred towards hunters kind of a oh. of a of a part of my life. But yeah, I never. I think I almost fell onto the ground, honestly. So at least he didn't shoot at you. Like if I pop pop one off into the sky. At least he didn't do that. <laughs> Yeah, that probably would have been a little too much for me. Hey, but, uh, well done. Uh, after yesterday. Yeah, it took a little bit, but your Ravens got it done yesterday, too. I don't really know what to oh do with that God. game. Oh, my God. I think that um, was the game. See, this is the thing. We started adjusting to the fact that Mark Andrews wasn't around. Yeah. And that game plan started working. And now you, of course, have to integrate and back in. And it's hard to do that right away with, like, how involved he was. So I think that's what I'm talking about, too, just kind of getting back into the swing of having everybody else there because this is the lineup we have for the rest of the year. So unless, you know, the Ravens love their running backs, I wouldn't be surprised if they went and got Melvin Gordon off of the waivers because Broncos just waved him today. Yeah, Broncos look really good, by the way. Russell Wilson hive. Come get your man. He looks great. Hector, I appreciate the call. Isaiah Likely, I like him. A Chanticleer of Coastal Carolina. He looks good as a rookie. The, the classic predicament Hector's finding himself in. The, the, the top target gets hurt. The offense adjusts and looks really functional and focused. And then the star player comes back. And it's, you know, yeah, we've seen this before. Read this book before, Hector, with Devontae Adams. It's a thick book. It's, it's heavy. You're going to reread pages. It's a massive pain in the ass. Jason in Alaska, Hector's neighbor, texts in, says, Vikings fan here. The Vikings are really not that much different from last year. Eight of their nine losses were one score. The difference this year so far is they're finding a way to win the close ones. They are exactly who we think they are. That is exactly why most longtime Vikings fans this year have been just quietly enjoying the wins. Expectations are not high, and if they win, great. I do think, yes, Jason, there's a lot of similarities to last year. I think just switching coaches gave you a little bump every week because Zimmer... You know, for the, the Zimmer discussions we normally had were, does he like Kirk Cousins? You know, are the vibes good? But Zimmer had a lot of warts just as a game manager. You know, handling special teams, handling the end of quarters and the end of halves. Like, those are the little edges, those little advantages or disadvantages in games that decide close games. So absolutely. And I think the Vikings have had a little luck, too, with injuries and, and things here and there. I'm not saying that the Vikings are bad. That's not what I'm saying. I think the Vikings are a very good team, and they're a much better team than my Packers are. But the fraud claims are going to be hot and heavy after this game. Again, not going to come for me. It doesn't matter where they come from. They're coming. They're, they're here. They've arrived. The fraudulent claims. I was listening to a clip from Pardon My Take right before the show, and they, man, I, I feel for Vikes fans today. Well, I don't. But, you know, for the purposes of being a nice guy in the show and, and coexisting with fans of all sorts of teams, you know, I I do feel for you a little bit because this is what my Packers team went through in 2019, right? And we talked about this, what was that, last week or the week before? I said the 2022 Vikings are the 2019 Packers. In 2019, the Packers won 13 games. They had a point differential of plus 63, which seems even higher than I remember. But that same year, there were three other teams that won at least 13 games. San Francisco, they had a point differential of plus 169, which is more than double the Packers. New Orleans plus 117, which is about double the Packers. Baltimore went 14-2 and with a point differential of plus 249, which is, I mean, that's far and away. Kansas City 143, more than double. And New England 12-4, and uh, like Kansas City 12-4, and plus 195. Point differential is pretty a good indicator. 
The Vikings now have a negative point differential. You lose by 37, and that'll really put a ding in your point differential. But still, it's not like they were running away with any of these games. We remember week one as a blowout. It was 23 to 7. That game was hardly a blowout. The Packers shot themselves in the foot a couple of times. That could have been a one-score game easily. Now, it wouldn't have felt like the Packers were any close to winning, but from a points perspective, that was hardly a blowout. The 2022 Vikings remind me a lot of the 2019 Packers. I'm going to read you the 2019 Packers schedule. You tell me which of these wins knocks your socks off. Ready? Week one, Bears, 10 to 3. No. Vikings, week two, 21 to 16. I think they were shut out in the second half of that game. No. Next week, week three, Denver Broncos, 27-16, the Joe Flacco game. Not impressive. Week four, the Eagles, they lost. We'll skip that one. Week five, Dallas Cowboys, 34-24. Let it get close. The Lions, 23-22, never led in that point, or never led at any point in that game other than the final score. The Raiders game was good, 42-24. I think that was just about the only one. They beat Matt Moore in Kansas City, but barely... Got blown up by the Chargers. Barely hung out against Kyle Allen in the snow. The Panthers at Lambeau. Got smashed by the Niners off a bye. Looked crummy against the Giants. Beat the the R-Words by five. Beat the Bears by a touchdown. Ooh. Vikings by 13 at U.S. Bank. That was the uh, the Christmas Eve Eve game where Kirk Cousins was just cheeks. And then the same thing against the Lions. Walked it off at a field goal. There's not really an impressive win in there. There's not a statement win in there. Now let's look at the 2022 Minnesota Vikings. Okay, they beat Green Bay, like I said, 23-7. We talk about that game like it's a blowout. It really wasn't. Lost to the Eagles. They beat the Lions by four. They should have lost that game. I remember it well. New Orleans, 28-25. Probably should have lost that game. Chicago, 29-22. That's a win. Nice win. They played Miami 24-16. You're like, Miami's a good team. Well, Skylar Thompson was playing that game, their third-string quarterback. They beat Arizona 34 to 26. They beat Washington 2017. They won an overtime against Buffalo. That's probably, look, I give the Vikings a lot of credit for not folding in Buffalo. The 2019 Packers would have folded in that game. But then a week later against Dallas, they, you know, folded big time. And that Cowboys loss yesterday is so reminiscent of the 49ers game in 2019, a game that the Packers lost 8 to 37. My God. That game was just over before it started, and that's how it felt yesterday. And then eventually CBS cut away from the game. Fox probably would have loved to cut away from that Packers-Niners game, but maybe didn't have an option or whatever. I don't know how it worked. The 2019 Packers, they were called frauds. The Vikings in 2022 now being called frauds. And that's just a reality you have to wear. That's a reality you have to live with for the rest of the year. Every game is now going to be viewed through the lens of that loss to the Cowboys. That's just how it works. It sucks. It might not be fair, but that's how it works because that's what happened with the Packers. Oh, You lose by 35 to the Niners. No one is forgetting that. Staying in everyone's head for the rest of the season. doesn't matter how badly you beat up on the Bears or the Lions or any bummy team coming up on the schedule. That's not how it works. 608-796-2558. I want to talk about some of the other results from this weekend with the Packers not playing and how the Packers fit in this landscape of the NFL. And also, let's talk about the Badgers a little bit. College football was great for like the third or fourth straight week on Saturday. I want to talk about some other games, and especially the Badgers who beat Nebraska... Uh, barely, but hey, a win's a win. It's hard to win in this league, which now I'm saying that about every league. Let's take a five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I hope you had a great weekend. Outstanding weekend. And this is a three-day work week. We're almost done with the first day. In fact, most of us are done with the first day. So we're looking at 16 more hours until four days off. Watch a little football. God, I'm going to eat so much. And the Packers don't play on Thursday. How great is that? (laughs) We don't have to watch them for the rest of the week. We wait on Sunday. We don't have to watch them with the rest of the country. We're talking about some of the NFL results yesterday. And it was a slog. It was a struggle. It was hard work. It was tough sledding for a lot of favorites in the noon slate, right? The Bills really had to grind. The Eagles really had to grind. Zach and Wisco tweeted in, tweeted at me, at Wisco Grant, and said, heck, the whole NFC, all of them are frauds. Philly looked like garbage against a garbage indie team. Well, Philly did win, which is an important, you know, boundary between what the Eagles did and what the Vikings did. I understand that the Cowboys are much better than the Colts. I, I do get that. I, this is why fraud allegations is tough, because anybody can have a bad week. Anybody can look good or bad week to week. This is why, again, I'm not levying allegations of fraud towards the Vikings, but some are. And once they're levied, that, that's it. It doesn't matter if they're true or not. It's like it's like a stain. Once it happens, it, it sticks. You're not getting that off you. The whole NFC being frauds, I, I don't know if I believe in that, but I do believe that it's the Chiefs right now and everybody else. I think that's the NFL. It's the team that is quarterbacked by Patrick Mahomes and coached by Andy Reid and then everyone else. Our friend Eric Eager was tweeting about this last night. It's like, well, the whole NFC might just be bad. The whole NFL might be bad, except for Kansas City. Now, bad is relative. The whole league can't be bad, right? There's obviously levels to good and bad. And, you know, if the best team in the league is six and three, that doesn't make that team bad. It just means the best team isn't as good as, you know, previous years when teams are winning 14 games. Like we were talking about the 2019 Ravens a couple minutes ago with that ridiculous point differential and a 14 and two record back when teams still only played 16 games. I do think Kansas City is head and shoulders above everybody else, and that was proved last night. Mahomes is good, and I'm not really sure how you can trust any other quarterback to be as good as Mahomes or close to as good as Mahomes, certainly not week in and week out. Like, Justin Herbert is a cyborg. He's huge, massive arm, and yet every time I watch him, I'm like, hmm. I'm kind of waiting for it to happen. I'm kind of like, when is the moment going to happen? I was very underwhelmed last night. It's like, oh, Herbert has a chance to answer, only needs three points, and he threw a pick off his back foot. I don't blame him for trying. Like, okay, go down swinging. I I guess I can't argue with that. But I feel like there should be more coming from Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Josh Allen is a monster, but he blindly throws points away, Brett Favre style. He'll just brain fart on the two-yard line and throw the worst interception in the end zone you'll ever see. It's like, well, that cost your team six points or three points, and he does that a lot. And that's tough because Patrick Mahomes, for the most part, doesn't do that. I like Dallas, but Dak is always due for a stinker. McCarthy's had some playoff gaffes. The Eagles roster is unbelievable, but I just, I don't know what it is. I can't put it into words. I just, I I don't know. Like, if you gave me a million dollars and I had to spread it out between three teams to win the Super Bowl, I don't know if I'd put a cent on the Eagles. It's not that I don't think they're good. It's just for whatever reason, I cannot see that team winning three straight playoff games. I don't know why. Can't put it into words. Seahawks with Geno. Seems like maybe we've seen the apex of that team already. Could be wrong, but that's just my feeling. Dolphins with Tua. Really fun team. I need to see more. Buccaneers, I'm I'm not sold. I think San Francisco might be the best team in the AFC. Honestly, I'm excited to watch and see what they do tonight against the Cardinals. I think they might be the best team in the league. 
in the NFC, not in the AFC. You know, the rest of the NFC. Super Bowl champion Rams, tough luck. They've suffered some injuries. Luckily, Matthew Stafford is the type of quarterback that can rise above injuries and elevate lesser talent. <laughs> elevate lesser talent. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Oh, God, the Stafford. Oh, Stafford winning a Super Bowl last year still pisses me off. Oh, my God. Well, Cooper Cup got hurt. I guess it's just time for our quarterback who we gave millions of dollars to and gave up multiple first-round picks for. It's time for him to elevate, right, Matthew? He's like, actually, that's not what I do. My back hurts. I'm out. <laughs> Coach is going to Amazon. He's out of there. Oh, that's too bad. That's really too bad. If my team can't win, I'm at least going to laugh at the other teams that also can't win. I think the league is Kansas City, and it's everybody else. And I think that's been the case for about three weeks now. Tweet from last night made me laugh. Tweets like this always make me laugh. I don't know what it is about RG3. He just annoys me. It's nothing personal. I, I don't know. It's everything he does and says. And When he's on TV, I'm just like, this guy annoys me. He tweeted last week or last night. New MVP front runner next week, Patrick freaking Mahomes. And I'm sitting at home and I'm like, well, I, I'm, I'm no gambler sharp here, but my brother in Christ, it, I could be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure he's been the favorite for MVP for like three weeks. Right? I look at DraftKings every once in a while. Oh, yeah, number one in the odds. Overwhelmingly, Patrick Mahomes. This week, a new front runner. Oh, who is he Who is he running past? Who is in Who is in the lead, Robert? Mr. Griffin III, who is, who is in the lead? Some people are just so... Some people are so clueless on betting. And I don't like sports betting. I don't do it, but I, I at least have, you know, a little bit of a, a brain. New, new MVP favorite this week. Patrick Mahomes, my guy, he's been the favorite for like the last three weeks already. My favorite with the MVP uh, conversation, my favorite is the impassioned. He's got to be in the conversation. He's earned to be in the conversation. Okay, so he's like fifth? (laughs) All right, he's fifth. Does does that solve some great injustice? Is all right and just in the sports talk world? Like, Geno Smith needs to be in the conversation. Okay, Geno Smith is seventh. Is that little addendum to the sports talk show? Does that make everything better? Because that's where he is. He's seventh on DraftKings. I looked earlier today. It's the same thing in the NBA. DeMar DeRozan has earned the right to be in the MVP conversation. Okay, so we'll debate Jokic and Giannis and then Luka a little bit. And then, you know, before we go to commercial break, it's like, also DeRozan, he's he's probably fifth. There we go. He deserved that. We, we threw him a bone. It's like, jeez, jeez, jeez. New MVP front runner next week. My guy, he's been running in the front this whole time. Let's talk to Daryl, 608-796-2558. What's up, Daryl? Hey, I've got my own idea for for this year on the the fraudulent Vikings. Okay. Um, Okay. The ideal situation for this season, for this season, would be for the Vikings to get to the Super Bowl and play the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Now, here's why. Which teams have not won a Super Bowl in four attempts? The Bills and the Vikings. Ooh. Exactly. I like the stakes. If you, so, it would be winner take all. Hmm. And in fact, I think the Bill in fact I think the Bills would love that kind of shot because you were talking about Kansas City earlier and them being them and the rest of the field. And I personally think Buffalo is, is the next one up if you're looking at that. Daryl? I think we lost Daryl. 
Well, sorry about that, Daryl. I loved your take. I don't know where you went. I think Vikings Bills would be a blast because it's two just tortured franchises, two tortured fan bases who have lost Super Bowls, like you said, each four times. Might be even worse with the might be even worse with the Bills. Because did they lose? Did they lose four in a row? My NFL history isn't great. I don't have a great memory for these sort of things. Like you could ask me what was the score of you know, this game two years ago. And I'd be like, I don't know. And I have friends who like remember when they were four years old, remember watching an Eagles game with a very specific score. It's like, man, I don't even remember the score of the Packers game against the Titans. I truthfully don't. What was it? 24, 14, something like that. I, my brain works in an interesting way. I think, but the bills, didn't they lose four in a row? Maybe even worse than the Vikings. Bills Vikings would be a fun Super Bowl rematch. It's been the best game of the year so far. Let's talk to Dean in lacrosse, 608. Seven nine six two five five eight. What's up, Dean? Hey, uh, I think the measure of a true Vikings fan is if you saw something like this coming. Uh, I did, and we had our Thanksgiving lunch uh, Sunday at eleven, and I was like, I don't think it's going to be close. I think one way or another, it's not going to be close. And I was definitely leaning towards the Cowboys, but not to say that I would put a million dollars on it. But um, as a Vikings fan, this was bound to happen. I think the only thing the Packers were legitimately playing for was the chance to be the seven seeds so that they could beat the Vikings in the first round. And with all the shenanigans stuff now, I don't think that the Packers are going to get high enough to play the Vikings if they're like a four seed. So maybe it's time for the Packers to just realize they're not going to be able to play the Vikings in the playoffs. They should just tank like they should. You know what's, you know what's stupid is you're absolutely – like I could see that being the case. Like the Packers, I think, got up to play against McCarthy. It's like, wow, this has been there the whole time. It just needed, it needed a reason to play this way. The, the matchup with the Vikings might actually be enough motivation for the stupid, lazy team to get up and actually play a good game. And I could totally see that being the case. You're, you're the historian, but there was a year where it was like Packers-Vikings week 17, Vikings look good, Vikings won, Vikings got into the playoffs, and then come playoff time, it was just like, yeah, we weren't really trying. The Packers just killed them. So, you know, I, I think it's been fun for the Vikings. It's like... That's why it's so hard when they change the playoffs around so the regular season doesn't mean as much in all these sports, like NBA especially. But, you know, I think the Vikings are going to have to embrace this regular season as their only uh, point of joy for as an NFL fan. So um, thanks for your time, and I appreciate your comments. But uh, we knew it was coming. Come on. Yeah, well, they were bound to lose it. Look, and I appreciate the call, Dean. It's like when the Bucks were 10-0. and I was like, well, this bound, the other shoe's bound to drop at some point if it's the Hawks or, like, you just can't win every game, even as the better team. The emotional ups and downs are too much, especially in the NFL. You know, it's hard to win in this league. It's, it's really hard to win in this league. And the Vikings did it eight out of nine times. And but, but again, the calculus coming into this week made total sense. Vikings are coming off an emotional high point against the Bills. The Cowboys are coming off an emotional low point. They're going to be pissed off about the Packer game. It was easy to see coming, which is why the Cowboys were favored, even though a lot of us were like, huh? Cowboys? U.S. Bank? That makes sense. Well, it turns out Vegas can, you know can picture this stuff a little bit. They can predict this stuff a little bit. Amazing how that works. The problem is it was by 37 points. <laughs> that, I don't think the problem was the Vikings losing. As Dean said, it was bound to happen at some point. Losing by 37, that's that's a different conversation because that actually changes your thoughts of how good a team can be. That's what we did with our Packers in 2019 when they got hammered, hammered, hammered by the Niners in week eight or week nine off a of bye whenever that was, and they lost like, 38 to 8. Let's take a break. Keep the text and calls coming. 608 I want to talk a little college football, too. Badgers win. A lot of good games on Saturday. I want to talk about that a bit. Wisco Sports Show, back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills 
on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I want to talk Bucks and I want to talk about what happened on Friday night in a few minutes. I got some things to say. Okay. Uh, we've talked a lot of smack about the Vikings with a little fun. Like you can get it that it's in jest. I hope there are Vikings fans listening to this that are like, yeah, you know, Grant's just, he's having fun. Look at him. He's Joe. He's a jokester. That's the kind of guy Grant is. I think the Vikings are very good. The problem is when you lose by 37 points, it's just hard for people to shake that. Now, that doesn't mean the Vikings couldn't win out and win some playoff games. Heck, the Vikings could win a Super Bowl. But every game from here on out, people are going to mention yesterday's game, and they're going to view the rest of the season through the lens of yesterday's game. That's just how it works. When your team gets, uh, when your team gets, what's the word I'm looking for? Accused. There you go. It's a holiday week. When your team gets accused of being a fraud, it's just a hard stink to shake off. 608. 7962558 Jeff in Chatfield says, I love when you try to talk like Stephen A. Smith. Oh, the MVP stuff? He has earned the right to be in the MVP conversation. Okay. He's earned the right. He's fifth. Great radio. Just, just being fair, he's number five. Just want, just want to be accurate. He's earned the right to be discussed as number five in the MVP or number four or whatever it is. I just love when people do that. He's got to be in the conversation. Then put him in the. It's your show. Put him in the conversation then. But today we're going to be discussing uh, MVP race, but only the spots three through six. The guys who have no chance but are hanging on. Riveting radio and television, that would be. That's just always funny to me. He deserves to be in the conversation. Like RG3 last night tweeting about new MVP frontrunner Patrick Mahomes. He's been the odds-on favorite for three weeks now. What do you mean new frontrunner? The MVP race is just this this beautiful thing. You know, we talk about the games and the X's and the O's and what the teams are doing, what the outlook like is for the postseason and what, you know, which contenders that, but then we get this, this fantastic like back channel of content where it's like, well, you know, this team isn't going to win the title, but this guy might win MVP. And, you know, we'll, you know, we can bring in historical examples to compare what has been done in the past. Like, I love the MVP conversation, but people are just so stupid with it. They're so dumb. We shouldn't really be getting hot and heavy with the MVP MVP conversation right now, NBA. NFL, it's high time. But high time of the MVP conversation is to not say the guy who's been a favorite for a month now is the new front runner. He's been, he's been, he's been front running. I think to kind of put a bow on our NFL conversation in the big picture, in the macro, it's the Chiefs and everyone else. When Patrick Mahomes drove down the field last night, is there any doubt in your mind he was going to do that? Of course he was going to do that. When Travis Kelsey strutted into the end zone, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. And then Justin Herbert threw the pick. I just, I want more from some of these guys. I want more from Herbert. I want more for Allen. I'm just not getting it. Brady and Rodgers are old, so that's a different conversation. Russell Wilson is terrible. Nobody even talks about him anymore. Which, not to be this guy, but for three years, for four years I've done this show. I've been doing this show since 2018. And we have some pillars of the show, some things that I believe to be true about sports, inevitable truths about sports, about the NFL. Like two or three years, I've been trying to tell you guys, Russell Wilson is not him. He's not that guy. He throws a nice moon ball, and he's in a great system in Seattle that kind of gives the nice uh, a nice floor to the team. With their defense and running game, they're always going to be you know good to a certain level. But I've been telling you, Russell Wilson, he's weird. I don't like him, and I'm not going to cheer for him to win. 
for years, people have been like, why, what do you have against Russell Wilson? What do you have for Russell Wilson? Other than he played for the Badgers one year and lost us a Rose Bowl. Like, the Badgers haven't lost many Rose Bowls. Like, what, what the Badgers lose Rose Bowls all the time. It's our calling card. And we're supposed to celebrate the one guy. Well, he lost us the best Rose Bowl. That, that, was, that was our favorite loss in the Rose Bowl. Okay. Lost to the Raiders yesterday. Because, of course, of course, I do picks for work every week. It's the only gambling thing I do. I'm in our uh, pool with all my coworkers. I'm like, yeah, the Raiders beat the Broncos. Raiders are due. They got more talent than they've been showing. And the Broncos stink. There's no good. They cut Melvin Gordon today. So maybe the Packers, if the Packers want a, you know, a reasonably good second running back, maybe they should pick him up. AJ, AJ Dillon's better than Melvin Gordon, just for the record. Just been cracking AJ Dillon jokes this week. When we come back, we're going to take a break for an update here in about 60 seconds. I want to talk more about the NFL and the Vikings. Wow, what I, I mean, we haven't really gotten into the Bears yet either. I don't know if there's as much to say about the Bears as the Vikings, but, you know, we could talk about them. I also want to talk a little bit about college football because I know we have listeners, especially in Madison on the zone that would probably like to talk about the Badgers and about some other games because Saturday was an awesome day of college football and really a good table setting day. Let's call it that. Saturday was excellent. A lot of good games, but really the importance of Saturday two days ago was to set the table correctly for this coming Saturday, rivalry Saturday, trophy Saturday, right? And the stage has been set. And I want to talk about what happened Saturday, especially with the Badgers, but around the big 10 and around the country too, with some of the top ranking teams, college football playoff implications with some of these teams. So more football, and then at 5.30, truly, I got some things to say about Giannis and the Bucks. That's all coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I hear that on the morning show this morning, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Ben Kenny was talking about how he's going to cheer against the United States in the World Cup against Wales today. I'm seeing tweets. I heard reports. Did anyone confirm that? Those are alleged reports at this point. Do I need to go back and check the podcast? Do I need to go back and look at Evo's Twitch stream? I don't know how to deal with that. Ben Kenny is many things unpatriotic. I didn't think to be one of those things. Just disappointing. Horrendous. Something very comforting to me today. And I watched soccer. I watched United States Wales. I enjoyed it. It passed the time at work when I was working on other things. It was great. I didn't really know what to make of it. I'm no soccer expert. I know you kick the ball in the goal, but, you know, on a deeper conversational level, talking about the game and understanding what's going on. I'm very comforted, though, because most of the discourse I've seen on Twitter is that uh, Greg Berhalter just didn't make adjustments. And I was like, oh, so it's the same as every other sport. (laughs) When my team wins or loses or draws, but I'm not happy with the result, it's because the coach didn't make adjustments at halftime and the other coach did. Okay, great. Yep, I can do this. Easy. Greg Berhalter, outcoached, outmanaged by the coach of Wales. That coming up at 525 on the Wisco Sports Show. Yeah, that's that's. We'll, we'll skip that segment. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding 
start to your Thanksgiving week. Right before we took that last break, I said there are pillars, sacred pillars of this show, things that I've believed for years, and I keep bringing them up. I keep talking about them. One of those pillars is Russell Wilson just being a bum, and I've got a lot of pushback on that over the years, and I just, it's the point now where I don't even want to bring it up because it's just sad for Russell Wilson. Duckin Holman tweets at me, at Wisco Grant. He said, and we hold those pillars close to our hearts, Grant. Yeah, I know. I know. If we don't have our pillars, then what do we have? We have nothing. We are truly lost. We spent the first hour of the show, if you're just joining us, talking about some of the results yesterday. I enjoyed NFL football yesterday because it felt like the day had a theme. It made sense. It was cohesive. Good teams struggling, having to work for it. The Bills struggling to put away the Browns. The Eagles struggling to get a win in Indy, the Ravens struggling to beat the god awful Panthers thirteen to three. The Jets and the Patriots fans struggling not to kill themselves watching this game yesterday. I gotta stop making that joke, but it's just so funny. That game was horrible. I cannot believe the Packers let Zach Wilson and that Jets team beat them. The Jets, on the macro level, on the big picture level, very good team, lots of talented players. But Zach Wilson is ass. He's terrible, and he's and he's ass with a bad attitude. Like, after the game, they're asking him, like, do you feel like the offense maybe let down the defense today? Nah. No. Not at all. What are you talking about? I'm going to go hit on my mom's friend or my teammate's mom or whatever that weird story was. Never been a Zach Wilson guy. Never been a Zach Wilson guy. I can't believe that guy beat the Packers. I can't believe they let him beat him. And then the 330 slate, right? A A struggle, a slog for a noon slate. And then the Vikings finally have the other shoe drop. And it was easy enough to see coming. The Cowboys coming off, you know, a game where they were angry and the Vikings coming off an emotional high. Like, yeah, it was probably right for the picking for a Dallas win yesterday, which is why Dallas is favored. I didn't think it'd be by 37 points or whatever the final score was. What was it, 40 to 3? Sheesh. And Vikings fans, you've been called frauds in the last 24 hours. I'm not necessarily sure I agree with those accusations, but it's like communism or witchcraft. Once you're accused of being a fraud, it doesn't really matter what you say or do. You're a, you're a fraud. That sticks with you. Right? Well, my team's not a fraud. That's what the fan of a fraud team would say. It's just like witchcraft. It's like communism. It's the allegation. That nothing else matters. Once you've been charged, once you've been accused, that's it, it. Your book has been written. So sorry, Vikings fans. You're going to have to wear this the rest of the year. doesn't mean you can't win games. doesn't mean you can't compete. But you're going to have to do so through the lens of yesterday's game. That's a stinky loss. That smell is going to stick to you for months now. 608-796-2558. Let's talk to Eric on I-90, one of our resident Vikings fans. Eric, hello. How you doing, Grant? I'm doing good. Are you? Um, how are you? You're a Vikings fan. I was hoping you'd call today because I wanted to get your spin on this game. Um, well, I'm, you know, I, I turned it off before CBS did. So, oh, really? Um. <laughs> Oh yeah, yep, I did, and that's that's saying a lot because I generally will stick through to the bitter end. But that was clearly one of the biggest, one of the worst games of football I've ever watched a team play. The worst, life. the worst home loss for the Vikings since 1963. Do you remember 1963? I do not. Okay, it was, but but that's not true. That's oh. the worst home loss. I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, for you, yeah. A team that did not even come remotely close to competing whatsoever. Yeah. They never they had. They are fraudulent. Oh, interesting. They so are fraudulent agree. in the sense that, well, you know, 
refer to inviting Packer fandom land. If that was an area that okay. people lived in, which I think we do. Yeah, we do, for sure. Um, this is uh, this is nothing new. We've been a fraud since 19, and I think, the you know, the last Super Bowl, 75. So in our little fandom kind of competitive world, you know, a little, like we're all in a bar together all the time, mm-hmm. this, uh, this banter's back and forth all the time, right? Yeah. Because you, you're, still, you're a fraud until you get it done. I just the 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 part where I'll defend the Vikings is I don't blame the Vikings for winning a lot of one score games. A lot of people are aggressive today. They're like the Vikings are so full of it. They crack under pressure. It's like, well, no, we have lots of examples this year of Kirk coming through in a moment or, or standing up to pressure and rising to a moment in Buffalo. They had one horrible game, right? And that shows that man, you can really get this Vikings team on a bad day. I the, the with the fraud thing, it was the same with the Packers in 2019. One bad loss does not invalidate a lot of wins, but it certainly makes you look at a team in a different light, and I think that's what people are now experiencing with the Vikings. That is a light that um, that a Viking fan has on its hat, and it's a secret switch, and it's like it turns blue, and it's like you're looking over there, and you're like, this is reality. And then for most of the year, it's been a different light where we see different colors, and it's been we're really great and we should enjoy that. Yeah. And then you got to take yesterday for what it was. It was a, a debacle. It was a debacle. It was a perfect storm. I think obviously I, it, uh, it, it, it should be a wake up call for them. And I don't even think it can be a wake up call. I think their destiny is set. And I thought that from the beginning, I've just been enjoying the ride. And that sometimes is what life gives you. Yeah. And I feel now that you and I can talk in the same frame of mind, right? Because we have like acute commonality now. We've been like winners and really, really happy. And you guys have been on the losing end of things and not very happy. Yeah. And now we come together again. It's like we just realized we're on the same boat. We're not so different after all. We're on the same boat. It's like we're on the Edmund Fitzgerald. I knew you were going to say that. And the Vikings were kind of up in the forward compartment. Mm-hmm. And here before the Dallas, after the Bills game, they said, you know, you guys can come up to the bridge up here. Nice. And, like, be in front. It looks like you guys belong up here. And there was, there's a few teams up in there, Philadelphia. And, you know, and then, then after the game, they got a call from the back of the Edmund Fitzgerald, and they said, we're on the same boat as the Packers. Yeah. They didn't re- Viking fans didn't realize, you're on the same boat as the Packers. They're just in the back of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Well, and we're all going to end up, it and feels like, on the bottom of the lake at this rate. We're heading back now. We're going to go, and I'll tell you what, we're going to move a, more, a couple more compartments back. All right. We probably are going to have trouble with the Patriots. Because our offensive line, we have players that get non-contact concussions. Yeah, but mine too. That was, that was Christian Watson. He just, yeah, non-contact concussion. Right. This is a thing. You brought this up a couple of weeks ago. Right. How do they get those? I don't know. I don't know either. This this league is soft. Hey, I don't know. before I let you go, can I? Add, are you at home? You're normally calling when you're driving. Are you at home? You sound just so peaceful and serene. I am at home, and that's that's why I didn't say Eric on I ninety. I gotcha. I I just. 
I, the, I work I work from home today. The picture that I'm getting of you is that you're sitting in a study with books behind you and a fireplace and this big chair. Like that's that's the vibe I'm getting through this call. Big leather chair, a yeah. lot of a lot of oak or or maple paneling with yeah. smoking a pipe. Leather bound books. Leather bound books. Yeah. Leather bound books. Maybe a, a little fire going. Yeah. Um. You know, with a golden retriever laying on the floor. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. I love it. Eric, we'll talk later this week before Thanksgiving. You promise? I want to hear from you before Thursday. Yes, we'll we'll talk before Thanksgiving. Hey, great show, bud. Talk to you later. Yeah, thanks. Have a good night. It's just so weird when he's not in the car. Am I the only one who felt that way? It felt like I was in the room with him, and I felt a little little too close for comfort. Not Not that Eric makes you uncomfortable, but I'm like, man, it. It's kind of weird talking to you in a different setting. Although, it's still on the phone. It's kind of funny how that works, though, right? When you hear someone's voice every day, and then all of a sudden it sounds different. It is, I don't know. That, that was weird. I can't be the only one that feels that way, right? 608-796-2558. Fraud, you know what? Let's do the old, I, I got to give a speech at the wedding, and I don't know how to start it, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look up fraudulent or fraud in the dictionary and see what it says. Webster's Dictionary defines fraud as wrongful or criminal deception intended to result in uh, financial or personal gain. Th- this is this is sometimes what what's weird, and I'm going to harken back to my experience with the 2019 Packers, and I think a-, a lot of us can too. Right, that year the Packers were winning games, and I don't know that any Packers fan in 2019 was going over the top saying. We're going to win the Super Bowl, number one seed. We're going to kick the pants off of the 49ers and the Saints. We're winning. No, no, no. I think that year, the Packers were winning close games. I think for the most part, fans realized it. We understood it. And we thought, well, we got a chance, right? You can't you can't penalize us for winning games that we're winning. But what's weird is when fans come after a team like the 2019 Packers or now the 2022 Vikings, it's so aggressive. Frauds. They are who we thought they were. I'm looking at a Fox Sports Radio Twitter clip right now from Ben Mahler, who does, you know, afternoon radio. I don't know when he's on. And he posts a little show clip. And the quote is, Kirk Cousins is a turtle. He turtles up under pressure. And what is the kryptonite? And that is the kryptonite. Why? He went. Okay, hold on. I'm going to read this in full. Kirk Cousins is a turtle. He turtles up under pressure. And that is the kryptonite. And he went against a team in Dallas. And that's what they bring. What? We're crisscrossing analogies here, Ben. And I, you know, I just expect better from a network radio professional like this. You're bringing up turtles and kryptonite. Superman, we're we're crisscrossing analogies. But the point is that I'm trying to make before I was distracted by his terrible setup and storytelling there is that it's so aggressive. Like if I was not a Packers fan today and I was to reasonably and responsibly react to that Vikings-Cowboys game yesterday, I would have said... You know, they've won some games they weren't supposed to probably win, and that happens in the NFL all the time. I don't blame the Vikings for that. I actually give Kirk Cousins a lot of credit in that there have been opportunities this year for the Vikings to completely lay down. They were down 10. They were down double-digit points to the Lions earlier this year. They were down double-digit points in Buffalo, and it would have been very easy in both of those games to just lay down. Nobody would have blamed them. But Kirk Cousins hung in there for when Detroit tried a field goal when they shouldn't have. The Vikings were there to capitalize. For when Josh Allen turned into turned into a potato, essentially. Started throwing the ball. Well, Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were there to capitalize. Right? 
I give Kirk Cousins a lot of credit for being the reason the Vikings are in some of these close games. You can't blame the Vikings for winning some of these games. That's not their fault. Now, it's okay to point out that in a lot of close games, you know, if just to bounce the ball goes differently, this Vikings team is, you know, this record. We can't get too caught up in records, right? Who Who is the coach that said you uh, you're, you are what your record says you are? Who, which, which coach is that? I'm going to look that up. Sorry, I'm Googling a lot of stuff. Um, you are what your record record says you are or you're only as good as your record. Oh, that's Bill Parcells. That's not true. It's not true that you are what your record says you are. Records can be very misleading, right? The Vikings record is probably a little misleading, but I don't think anybody's watched this Vikings team for the first couple months of the season is that they're bad. This is a very good team. I don't think they're eight and two, eight and one, nine and one good, but I don't think the Eagles are as good as their record. I think the Niners are way worse than their record or way better than their record. Their record is worse than, I think, the the actual quality of their team. And they're playing in Mexico City tonight. We'll see how they look. I'm excited for this game. It's not as simple as your record. And I. it's just very weird today that I think a lot of football fans, to defend the Vikings here, a lot of fans are aggressively coming at the Vikings. What? You're going to blame the Vikings for winning some of these close games? You're going to blame them for being in position to capitalize on other teams' mistakes? Now, it's okay to realize that they're not as good as their record says that they are while also giving them credit for winning some of these games. Like, the Packers are addicted to blowing games. The Vikings are addicted to coming back and stealing games. I'd rather be the team that steals games than the team that gives games away. Right? There's plenty of teams that are the other side of the coin of the Vikings. Right? It's better to be the Vikings than to be the Packers. I still give the Vikings a ton of credit. I think today is a little bit overwhelming. It's a little bit much. But that's why I led the show back at 4 o'clock by saying, look, once you're accused of being frauds, that's it. You're frauds. That's how people see you for the rest of the season. When the Vikings win a game by three points, they're going to say, yeah, but remember when they played the Cowboys at home and they lost by 37 points? That's going to be the lens through which everyone views this Vikings team for the rest of the year. It's not fair, but that's how it works. Jason Breacher says super mellow Eric. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it, it was like Eric at home. It was it was way different. It was it was bizarre. Not in a, like in a way that I didn't like it, but it was just def- yeah. That's just funny. Uh DW in New Glarus says Denny Green by the way, Grant. Yeah, I well Denny Green's Denny Green was well, now I'm getting my coaches mixed up. I'm sure Bill Parcells is not the only one to say you're as good as your record says you are. But that's not true. Right? we got to be able to look past a record, especially at this point in the season when variance still plays you know, a good bit of a, a role. When we have 17-game sample size, the records are probably much more accurate. Like, if the Vikings finish the year 15-2, and two, it's really hard to say, well, they got really lucky all year. You know, maybe for a win or two's worth of games, but you win 15 games. That says something about your team. Now, 8-1, and one, there's a lot more room for variance. But again, I'm not blaming the Vikings. You can't blame the team to win, blame the team that wins close games. You can't blame them. Because the Vikings and the Packers are very different. The Packers give away games. The Vikings go and take games, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Let's take a break. We'll talk more about this next before talking about the Bucks for a bit. I got some things to say before, uh, I got some things to say about the Bucks and the Sixers. Excuse me. Wisco Sports Show. We'll be back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Going to talk Bucks, Giannis, Sixers. The ladder involved. Friday night, maybe you saw the story. Maybe you saw the video. We're going to talk about that in about 10 minutes. Some more football things I want to talk about. Maybe it's over the college football for a couple of minutes. Packers won, or Badgers won, excuse me, on Saturday over Nebraska. That was fun. A lot of good games. We could talk about that. Do you have a thought on the NFL or, hell, World Cup? Give me a call or a text. 608-796-2558. Twitter at Wisco Grant. My uh, voice today has been functioning definitely like it's a three-day work week because I can't speak clearly if you haven't noticed yet. I tweeted about 45 minutes ago, I know nothing about soccer, but I'm very comforted that most of the discourse following a loss is the very familiar coach didn't make adjustments thing. And people in my comments are saying, they didn't lose, they draw it. Okay, you guys get the process. Maybe Twitter should have burned. Maybe Twitter should have fallen apart. Maybe it'd all be better off. Maybe we all probably would be better off. For like the third week in a row, I've been a college football guy. Look at me. I'm, I'm doing it. I'm being the guy. I'm being the man I was always supposed to be. Watching college football, participating in the discourse, having an opinion on who should be in the college football playoff. All right, it started Saturday. Michigan barely holding on over Illinois. By the way, I think Brett Bielema got bigger in the six days since I saw him last. Ohio State holding on over Maryland. Shout out Maryland. Really nice game. Poor Maryland. They'll never beat Ohio State, but gosh, they come close sometimes, and that's nice for them. We needed these two teams to stay undefeated going into Saturday. We need high stakes for Michigan and Ohio State. We're going to have it. I'm very excited. I thought J.J. McCarthy and his poor game, to put it plainly, on Saturday was going to cost us an undefeated matchup between Ohio State and Michigan. I would have been very upset, even though I don't care about Michigan or Ohio State. I care about sitting down on Saturday and watching a good football game. And that is the best possible football game when both of these teams are undefeated. So I'm happy. TCU barely holding on, winning over Baylor at the buzzer. Team of destiny a little bit in TCU, keeping their college football playoff hopes alive. Now what TCU doesn't want to do is blow out a team in the final week of their season because uh, that's what they did in 2014. And they somehow moved backwards in the rankings. They were scooted out of the playoff for TCU. I hope they make it in. Tennessee, South Carolina was hilarious. I was at a wine bar in Brookfield. We went to a movie. We didn't go out of our way to go to a wine bar in Brookfield, but we wanted to see the new movie, The Menu. There was a theater in Brookfield and they had spots and it was the, you know, not to be a snob. I don't go to movie theaters where there aren't recliners. I just, I'm not going to do it. I need to stretch. I got long legs. Why would you watch a movie out of the way? I'm going recliner. So we had to drive to Brookfield which was nice. I was kind of hoping I would bump into Bill. You know, being in a wine bar, I thought maybe Bill. You know, I should hang out at cigar bars. Maybe then Bill would come rolling in. I could not for the life of me understand why Tennessee, South Carolina was on over USC, UCLA. But I'm Midwestern. I'm not the type to ask somebody to change what's on the TV. I'm just not going to do it. But Tennessee, South Carolina was hilarious. Because Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee lost to Georgia, and we all thought the same thing. We thought, okay, this might actually be a good thing. They avoid the SEC championship game and they get to cruise into the playoff with just one loss. They don't have to they don't have to risk losing in the SEC title game. Of course, that was contingent on them winning out, which of course they weren't gonna do. They got smoked by South Carolina. And I, I was seeing tweets yesterday made me laugh. It's like, you know, those goalposts from the Tennessee Alabama game sitting at the bottom of the river, thinking about how they gave up 50, 60 points 
to an ass South Carolina team. It was just re- that was just really funny. <laughs> I rather would have watched USC UCLA, which is an awesome game. Caleb Williams is uh, brilliant. I probably would have accepted him as a transfer over Grant Mertz. I probably would have got over Grant Mertz pretty quickly had Caleb Williams come to Wisconsin. That was never going to happen. But I was like, what do we do with Grant Mertz? I think we would have figured it out. Caleb Williams looks pretty good. I saw Coward did a segment today comparing him to Mahomes. There's no way that will age poorly, comparing players to Mahomes. That's a surefire way for an age, uh, an aged take that ages well. Wisconsin won, and dare I say, Graham Mertz had a moment. Well, by moment, he had one great throw to Isaac Rendo on that final drive, but it was one great throw. It was a great throw. We all saw it. It was pretty nice. If I was a Nebraska fan, I swear to God, I would be at my wit's end. This is as bad as Wisconsin has been in however many years. They haven't beaten Wisconsin in 10 years. They have blown second-half leads now this season to Northwestern, Georgia Southern, Minnesota, and Wisconsin. That is just hilarious. It's incredible. Poor Nebraska fans. Poor Bo Pelini and Mike Riley. They're like, why couldn't Wisconsin look like this when we coached there? Anytime Bo Pelini would have to match, I was like, oh, so Melvin Gordon's going to run for 400 yards? (laughs) That's going to be my reality? Bo Pelini would have a job for his entire life if Wisconsin looked like this. Back in 2011, 2012. It's just so funny. Jared in DeForest says it wasn't the prettiest, but you can always count on Nebraska to find a way to lose. Now they play better and get the axe back. Yeah, oh, if they get the axe back, this season will be a resounding success in my mind, despite them barely being over 500. They are bowl eligible. You're bowl eligible Wisconsin Badgers. I'm sorry, I buried the lead in that. Yeah, if they can win the axe, man, this season's way better than I envisioned or, or planned or hoped even a couple of weeks ago, as bad as it looked. GWP Dad. He says, I intentionally seek out movie theaters that do not have recliners. I get too comfortable and nappy. That's a take, I suppose. Here's another take. Junior Mints are unbelievable as a movie theater snack, but a mid-choice in any other setting. I don't think there's another setting in the world where I get Junior Mints not in a movie theater. Can anyone think of one? I walked into that theater. There was no confusion. There was no hesitation. I was getting Junior Mints. I didn't look at the selection and and make a choice. I walked into that theater thinking, I'm getting a box of Junior Mints. They better have Junior Mints. We had dinner before. So like popcorn, I didn't need something big and filling. I never get a drink. Drink's how they get you. They really gouge you on the drinks. Although this theater sold booze. Pretty dang slick. Now, I didn't want any booze. If I wanted booze, I would have snuck in some little wine bottles in my socks. A pretty good theater. The Junior Mint, fantastic movie snack. They're delicious. As Kramer said, right? We've seen the Seinfeld episode. But I can't think of another setting where I would want Junior Mints other than in a movie. Elite movie snack. I would say head and shoulders better than any other snack, maybe outside of Sour Gummy Worm and Milk Dud. The Milk Dud is a great movie snack because it gives you the longevity. You have to eat them slowly, otherwise they'll get stuck in your teeth. And then you get longevity throughout the, you know, the duration of the film. Junior mints go down a little faster, but, you know, they're mints, so you don't want to, you can't one after another, one after another, otherwise you, you get overly minted. You need to take your time. So the timing and the pacing is also built into the snack. Not what we're talking about. A couple of texts before we take a break. TC says, but they are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. Yes, that was Danny Green. You are correct. Mike in Colorado. Says, Grant, makes me wonder, might the Vikings' big loss yesterday be similar to the Christian Watson first drop of the season? Mike, some are saying, yes. 
Some are saying that that could derail their season. Here's a poll question. Which will de- which will be more detrimental to the team season? Christian Watson's drop in week one or the Vikings 37-point blowout to the Cowboys? 608-796-2558. Yeah, let me know. Uh, Breacher says, I'm smuggling all candy into the theater. Yeah, but Breacher, th- this was different. It would have been more work to go to a gas station in this setting. Around here, Cross, even Madison or Eau Claire, easy. Because there's quick trips on every corner. It's just easy to do. We were in Brookfield. It was the heat of this big strip mall. There was nowhere to go. There was nowhere to go for affordable, accessible snacks. It was easier to go to the theater and just pay a couple of bucks. It was. And trust me, otherwise, I, I you know, I would have stopped at a gas station. But every once in a while, you got to think, okay, is the $2 we're saving, is it worth it? Probably not. Normally, it, it is not. God, seeking out theaters with uncomfortable seats. That's a heck of a take, GWP dad. Let's talk to Dave and Hoka before we go to break. 608 796 What's up, Dave? Hey, I just wanted to touch on that Vikings loss yesterday. Yeah. They went out there and laid an egg. The wheels came off the bus, the axles broke, and all the windows blew out. But I think the big question for Minnesota is, how will they rebound yeah. from that loss? And I guess that'll we'll find out what kind of character they have. Well, it's Thursday night. I thought the short week would benefit the Packers last week. I think a short week can be a good thing when you don't want your team dwelling or obsessing on the result of a game, right? And I think that energy, hopefully the motivation just carries them quickly through the week and they're ready to go on Thursday and and they don't have time to dwell on this loss. That would be ideal for Vikings fans. I'm hoping so because I'm feeling the pain right now. So Is it Thursday night they play the Pats? Yeah, I I got you, Dave. Is it Thursday night? I think so. I think so, too. I appreciate, I appreciate the call. I could have Googled that. I don't know why I felt the need to ask you. Thanks for the call, Dave. Uh, Eric on a 90, recliners and theaters are a must. Keeping me awake is the movie's responsibility. Great take. Downtown Billy says Raisinets. Oh, sweet hell. Are Raisinets any good? The Raisins, Billy. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I don't think I'm going to accept that. It's Junior Mints and it's everybody else. The NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs and everybody else. And movie theater snacks are Junior Mints and everything else. You could argue second place. Sour Gummy Worms, I think, has probably the, the leader in the clubhouse. Popcorn, of course. Popcorn is just more expensive. You big bucket. Jesus. What am I, a coal miner? I don't need my lunch in a bucket. I, I'll just take a box of snacks. Thank you. 608-796-2558. Go ahead and text if you'd like. Call if you'd like. Tweet if you'd like. At Wisco Grant. I need to bitch about Giannis and the Sixers and the Bucks, and we're going to do that next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I need to yell about Friday night, Bucks, Sixers, and there was a ladder involved. It was a whole thing. We're going to talk about that next. First, uh, a little fallout. We're talking about a, a movie situation with movie snacks. Uh, I said Junior Mints. It's Junior Mints and everybody else. It's like Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. It's not close. Jared and DeForest with a very good take. Who says Junior Mints over York Peppermint Patties. Well, it depends on the context. But I think for the most part, yes, Junior Mints, accessibility, uh, eatability, repeatability, right? I can eat a bunch of Junior Mints and not feel like a fat pile of dump. I can only eat so many York peppermint patties before, you know, 
Downtown Billy says raisinets, to which I counter, let's talk about the Charleston Chew, an outstanding candy that most of the youngs today uh, don't appreciate. Yeah, and that was talking movie snacks. Also, the menu, a pretty good movie. It's just Voldemort as an insane chef. It was great. 608-796-2558. I believe we have the king of the Wisconsin Sports Talk Twitter space. I believe this is Tony in Texas. Tony, is that you? Hey, Grant. Yeah, Tony from Texas here. Raisinets, quality choice. Really? And the Charleston Chew, I love a Charleston Chew. Give me the strawberry flavor. I don't think I've ever had the strawberry. Okay, well, I'm making a run to the store tonight because I, I'm out of food in my house and I need dinner, and I think that'll just be that'll just be Charleston Chews. That sounds great. And I'll try Raisinets as well. Outstanding. Well, so, Grant, you see the news on the Bucks. Looks like Pat Connington's going to make his debut tonight. We just need people back. We just need we need people coming in, Tony. You know what I mean? Like, I got to talk to you about that. Yeah. I think Giannis is feeling the pressure, and it, it, I don't know if it's physical or mental, but he's in one of his worst slumps I've seen in a while in the last three or four years. Yeah, well, without Middleton, Shooting. and if Drew's not a threat, like, the defense just weighs down on him more. Like, he can just be tighter, and he's just working harder for everything. Could you imagine how much stress on his body and just – mentally and physically every night when he's playing the other teams coming at him Mm -hmm. double teams triple teams pushing him around putting ladders up in front of hoops so he can't (laughs) shoot yeah i mean the stress that this guy is under and he's always been the most professional nice guy always giving out tennis or his Giannis freak uh, freak shoes to the fans giving selfies the nicest guy ever and he pushes a ladder and they make him out to be like satan just terrible. It's just terrible. And I, I got some things to say. I I think Philly should issue an apology for Friday. Not only was Giannis not in the wrong, I think Philly should apologize for what happened. I'm interested, if we're talking about the game on Friday, you know, Giannis could not hit a free throw, and he keeps going to the line, Tony. And I think that's both good and bad. It's bad because they weren't going in, but I really respect Giannis for, even when things aren't going his way, for pushing through it and being mentally tough and saying, no, it's still good for my team to go to the free throw line even if I'm struggling and people are heckling me on the road, I just think that's one of his best qualities. Yeah, and I would be a little worried about the free throws if he hadn't proven that he can do it before. I think that game six finale against the Suns, he went, what, 17 and 19 or so? Yeah. So we, we know he's got it in him, but with Giannis, and, and I play basketball, and I, I coach basketball, Grant. Yeah. These guys that have the big hands, it, that's the problem. Giannis's hands are just so huge. It's hard for him to get that consistency with the free throws. And I know he's trying, and he, he wants to put the work in. And what Philly did to him was a disgrace. And then the media jumping on that. I, I, what it is, is your typical American story. It's too good to be true. They yeah. want to knock the hero down from the pedestal. It's too, too good of a guy, too nice of a guy. Let's find something to come at him. Little Milwaukee, let's pick on Milwaukee. Well, also, here's, here's the thing. I love the, all the comments that are like, oh, he's fake humble. It's like, wait a minute. You can talk this about This is how, not a Russell Wilson. This yeah. is not Russell Wilson. Uh-oh. This is sincere Giannis. Also, if if you are standing on the basketball court between him and the basket, forget humble and start. He will rip your head off. Like, he is terrifying. Like, he is as intense and physical as anyone. The idea that he wouldn't push a ladder over because he's humped, like, no, 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 no. Someone was on the basketball court messing with him. I Totally within bounds. This is nothing out of character for what we've seen from Giannis. Yeah, and he just wants to put the work in, and he. I think they're messing with him. I don't know what you think. Do you think that the Sixers employees were just messing with him? Ah, man, I don't know. Would you, 
I guess, I don't know. I read from people, it's like, well, players do this all the time after the game. I, I don't know what it was. Now, Montrezl Harrell has no ground to stand on because that dude's a bum. Like, imagine imagine you thinking you can mess with the two-time MVP, finals MVP. That's disgraceful. Harrell should retire out of embarrassment. And I'm only slightly kidding because that's just, that's just terrible. Yeah, uh, Montrez, he's basically on, a, on the same level as Thanasis. Like, Giannis shouldn't even be talking to him. I agree. <laughs> he should have to speak through Giannis's representative, which I guess Embiid tried to do with Portis, and Portis is like, no, you're not getting anywhere. I have so much respect for Bobby I Portis. I love that. I, I love too. that. I love Bobby. I love the Bucks. I like how that, that whole infrastructure is working there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is It is literally an infrastructure. It's like, oh, no, you don't get to talk to Giannis. Man, that was a dirty-ass play. And I know the state, like, Tony, this state hates Embiid. Like, you see the tweets every time, like, a lot of Embiid slander every time these teams play, but I don't feel that way, but that play was, that's as dirty as it gets. He gave him a forearm shiver right into the stomach. Yeah, I'm conflicted about Embiid. I, anyone that's a Packer fan, I always have a little soft spot for because <laughs> yeah. he is a Packer fan. But I think he called Milwaukee a trash city before. So, yeah, Embiid, you know, the Bucks could have had him, right? They drafted Jabari Parker, a little salty about that one, too. And, you know, J- J- Embiid's been a thorn in our side. He's a damn good player. So he's put up big numbers against us. Giannis and him have some great battles. Ultimately, at the end of the day, Giannis is a better player. We'll see them again, I think, in March. I can't wait for that game, Grant. Can't yeah. wait for the Bucks to, to get going on this run. And, Grant, I love you, man. You're, you're the best. Thanks pre- for having me on. I appreciate that, Tony. Have an awesome night. Thanks for the call. And check out Tony's Twitter spaces. He's doing them literally every day. It's just Tony in Texas. I'll retweet something of his if you're looking. Or DM me on Twitter. If you ever need, find, uh, if you ever need help finding another member of this community on Twitter... Just DM me at Wisco Grant, and I will I will work as your LinkedIn. I will work as your your connector. I, I want to help people get connected and, you know, continue this madness and waste as much of their life talking about this stuff as possible, not just from 4 to 6, but all hours of the day. So you're talking a little bit about the ladder incident. So what happened if you didn't see the video or you didn't read anything? Joe Varden put out a piece of The Athletic that kind of summarizes everything that happened. Giannis came out after the game to practice free throws. This is very normal. Players do it all the time. If they didn't get enough work during the game or they wanted to correct something, players do it all the time. Montrezl Harrell, who's been on five teams in four years, which, look, I'm not trying to slander the man's character, but he was arrested in the offseason for a trunk full of weed. He's also playing 10 minutes a game. I don't know really what leg he has to stand on. Harrell comes out, yells at Giannis, comes up, takes his ball. Giannis said, okay, I'll go to the locker room. He gets two of his own balls, brings them back in from the locker room. Giannis then gets back out and a guy has put a ladder in front of the hoop. And Giannis said, I'd I'd like to shoot more. Can you move that? And the guys were like, no. So Giannis tried to move it and then they got mad. They moved it back. So Giannis knocked it over. (laughs) Then Giannis goes to the other end of the court. He's like, fine. If you guys don't want me to shoot, I'll go shoot over here. Harold is yelling at Giannis from the other side of the court and then harassing Giannis's brother. This is text from Joe Varden. I'll beat your ass, he says which I, I, I doubt. I very much doubt. So this is the situation, okay? And you can see the video of Giannis pushing over the ladder. <sighs> I don't hate Philly. I don't hate the Sixers. I don't hate Joel Embiid. Every time Joel Embiid is in the news or playing a game and putting up stats, I see Chuck Freeman, like, this guy's a bum, tweeting about him. Ask Ben Kenny, Mr. Philadelphia. Mr. Wales, apparently, because he was cheering against the United States today. I got to get to the bottom of that. I don't hate Philly. I don't have an agenda here. 
I don't have a big issue with the 76ers, no quarrel. However, objectively, respectfully, they're a poverty franchise that has been as dysfunctional as any other franchise in the NBA, not named the Kings. They are a mess. They always have been. They've had some good players the last couple of years, so they make the first round. Okay, nice. You know, they make the second round here and there. Jimmy Butler almost took them to the Eastern Conference Finals once, and they got rid of them. Oh, huh. interesting. The Sixers are a terrible organization. Their coach is a fraud. Harden is a better actor than a basketball player, and the NBA will be a markedly better league to watch when Harden retires. Daryl Morey, the GM, his grand plan when he got to Philadelphia was to create the 2019 Rockets all over again, who lost in the Western Conference Finals. Embiid will cry after one game, which I don't disrespect, then take a cheap shot in another game, which I disrespect, and then argue publicly that he should be the MVP. Again, I would disrespect that too. So Giannis pushed over a ladder. My question is not about Giannis, but my question is when will the Sixers be issuing an apology for that rat trap of an organization they're running? To disrespect a player like Giannis, that's just, it's just terrible. Arena workers interrupting Giannis, a bench player harassing Giannis and his brother. Not only did he do nothing wrong, Giannis didn't do anything wrong. What a terrible look for Philly, although that's nothing new. And again, I'm not even anti-Philly. I just... It just, this is guys, this is gross. This sucks. And for everybody to immediately get on Twitter and be like, oh, I thought Giannis was better than that. Okay. Easy. We all, we all want to be such, such judgers on Twitter. We all just want to jump to judgment and feel better than other people. Giannis pushed over a ladder. You should have threw it at the guy. You should have threw the ladder at Montrezl Harrell. He did nothing wrong. Why do I have to be the voice of reason on this? I'm going to be the only one to point this stuff out. 608. Seven nine six two five five eight. If you have any more thoughts on the Vikings or on the Bucks or on the Badgers winning or 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 uh, the best movie theater candy, which is a thing, I I for the Charleston Chew is an underrated second choice to the Junior Men. Let's take a break. Come back. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show. Hit all those topics coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. My name is Grant Bills, and tonight's show has just been a pleasure. Eric on I-90 says, watching Vikings yesterday was like eating a box of Raisinets. So not a Raisinets guy. I'm seriously, I'm dying for Charleston Chews. I don't have any food in my house, and I fear that I'm going to leave work, end up at Quick Trip. Do they have Charleston Chews at Quick Trip? When I grew up in Menominee, the mean streets of Menominee, the beautiful 715, uh, I worked as a lifeguard. I served five years, five tours of duty at Wakanda Water Park. And we on our break would go up to the Super America, which I'm not sure if it's still there because Quick Trip is, you know, just dominating everyone. Quick Trip is putting up 30, 14, and 7 every night of the season and just bodying other gas stations into submission. We used to walk up to Super America because there wasn't a Quick Trip around and we get a slushie and a box of Charleston Chews. But Super America's candy selection you know, varies a little bit. I, I wonder if there are Charleston Chews. Not, not enough kids these days know about the Charleston Chew. An outstanding candy. Mark in Eau Claire says, is anybody else secretly hoping the Badgers lose, not retain Leonard, and then the Packers could hire him as D coordinator? Just a little bit. Mark from Eau Claire. Um, Peter Bukowski tweeted about this this weekend. There are plenty of, well, 
I guess I, I don't know this to be true, but I have a feeling, I have a very strong feeling that if Zach Heilprin, Ben Kenny, one of our Badger experts would hear, they would say there is a good amount of Division One power five programs that would love to hire Jim Leonard. I, I don't think Jim Leonard would come crawling back to the Packers with his tail between his legs because it didn't work out at Wisconsin. I think he'd end up somewhere and be paid a lot of money. Chuck says Giannis needs to know that not everyone outside Wisconsin is going to treat him like a god. He came across like a spoiled little child. No. I, just just no. No. Not only was Giannis not in the wrong, he should have picked up that ladder and threw it at Harrell. Just, emba- just embarrassing. Just terrible. Philly should issue an apology. Hey, sorry our arena workers harassed and got in the way of basically a basketball god, you know, two-time MVP, finals MVP, wants to shoot some free throws, he can shoot some free throws. Sorry this slap nuts on our bench, Montrezl Harrell, who we signed just because we had to fill the roster spot. We don't even like the guy. He barely plays 10 minutes a game. Sorry this guy was out there harassing him for no reason and threatening his brother. Sorry about that. And to make amends, we'll issue an apology and we'll release Montrezl Harrell. That's what I think the Sixers should do, personally. And for everybody who says... Giannis has got to respect the arena workers. Got to respect the workers. Go vacuum the stands while you wait for Giannis to shoot some free throws. They got other things they can do. They don't need to put the ladder there right there at that moment. And for all of you who are like, you got to respect people at work. Have you ever gone into a restaurant at 7.58 and asked to see a menu? The server's trying to leave. That's how life works, okay? That's how life works. Giannis wants to shoot some free throws. Oh, those poor arena workers. How will they ever get home? The, the, the child needs medicine. They'll be, they'll be late and the, my son is ill. I, I must get home because my, my son is under the weather and I have the medicine to heal him. Like, what, what is this? Think of the workers. Yeah, Montrezl Harrell was repping his workers. He's been on five teams in four years. Yeah, Mr. Philadelphia. It's just so stupid. It's all so dumb. Big Joe says, Harrell is a POS. Win an MVP, then you can mouth off to Giannis. Look. The language is a little strong, Big Joe. But, uh, yeah. Harrell hasn't earned the right to take the ball away from Giannis and kick him to the other end of the floor. Giannis should have beat his ass. He should have threw that ladder at him. Should have bent that ladder over Montrezl Harrell's head. This is all so dumb. And for anyone criticizing Giannis for this, push it over ladder. If Kobe Bryant did that, we'd, well, you know, Kobe's passed away. I want to be careful. You know, All respect to Kobe. If Kobe Bryant did that, we'd all... We'd write books about it. If Jordan did that, Jordan punched a teammate. Pushed over a ladder. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's all so dumb. I, I knew he was fake humble. Have you ever watched him play the game of basketball? He will kill you. He throws bodies everywhere. Humble. Yeah, he's humble in press conferences. Sorry he's not Richard Sherman at the podium. Humble. He's not humble on the court. He'll kill you. He will, he will kill you. He will separate your head from your body with his elbow if you try to jump in front of him and take a flop. Which, by the way, is the price of doing business if you want to draw an offensive foul. Another basketball take. It's not the ref's job to level the playing field between someone who's huge and built like an alien and someone who's not. Yeah, you can try to take a charge, but yeah, you're going to pay for it. It's going to hurt a lot. And that's not the ref's fault. You're smaller. Get in there and take a charge and, you know, lay life and limb on the line or get out of the way. Another pillar of belief I have with this show. Tomorrow... Mike Clements is going to be here. I'm going to talk to David Gasper and record with him for a show that will air either Thursday or Friday. So if you have any questions or anything you want me and Gasper to talk about, DM me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I'll do that tomorrow. 
Enjoy Monday Night Football. Let's go, Niners. Show me you're the best team in the NFC. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.